Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Tuesday, July 12th, and that means it's time for an episode of The Pit, Politics in Trucking. I'm going to open the phone lines if you want to jump in and talk about anything politics, you can. Phone lines are open right now. The number to join us, 855 855- Nine five zero three eight three five. I believe I'm being joined by John and Stanford this morning. I know they're both trying to move some things around. Uh, it looks like one of those is coming in right now. Uh, so we're going to get to that in just a second. Um, uh, you know what? I think I'm just going to. Uh, Angie, who is that we have on the line right now? Oh, it's John. All I had to do is wait a second. She'll tell me that. All right, so uh, let's bring John in and just jump right into this. John, welcome back. Thank you, Kevin. Good to good to hear your voice. So, uh, yeah, it's great to have you here again. I know we missed a week. Last week got a little weird for me. I had to cancel things at the last minute there. Um, have you heard from Stanford today? Uh, I haven't. He had a, a late flight back from Indianapolis at the uh, Red Tail Expo, and the late flights have been gone. He might be in uh, Ecuador <laughs> today. He could, he could be. He might be flying the plane for all it's we unbel- know. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't. I, anyone who anyone who has to to get a non direct flight is really dealing with serious jeopardy these days. It's it's unbelievable. I, I, I hear horror stories every day. Six-hour waits, 12-hour waits in the airport. Crazy stuff. Yeah. I might be dealing with that myself. I might have to get on a plane tomorrow at the last minute. I still don't know for sure. And if I do... Um, you know, I love the Portland airport. If I have to fly, I'm not wild about flying and certainly now it's way less enjoyable than it used to be um i love the airport itself portland's got one of the most beautiful airports in the country uh great restaurants all kinds of great stuff but it's a small airport and flying direct out of portland almost unheard of i don't care where you're going you can't get a direct flight anywhere out of portland uh so i'm a little worried about this right now i'm i'm hoping that i just don't have to do it at all uh because i'm not looking forward to those kind of problems yeah it's really challenging i i think seriously even though with uh gas prices the way they are um anything inside of a day's drive is probably better than taking your chances with the airline at this point i i think so you know, that, that whole idea of being stuck at some other airport in some other city just does not appeal to me whatsoever. So, uh, plus the whole thing about flying just doesn't appeal to me anymore. I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, I, I remember a time, this is just a weird little side note. I was flying, and it was a short flight actually in Florida. I flew from Orlando to Tallahassee. Um, and I, this would have been early nineties. And I can remember I was standing in line to get on the flight and I hadn't flown a lot up until this point. This was pretty young in my business career and I just started flying. And so I'm still new to this whole thing and I'm standing in line and like, 
I'm maybe third back from the counter and I'm watching the agent is interacting with the person and she said, I'm sorry, sir, but I can't let you on this flight with jeans. I'm like, what did she just say? Oh. And I looked down and I've got jeans on. Of course I've got jeans on. It's all I wear. And I'm like, what? You can't get on the plane with jeans? And I'm like freaking out. So I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? So I wait and I get up there and I'm like, what's the thing with the jeans? And she's like, oh, he's an employee and he's flying on a free ticket. And at the time it was Delta. They did not allow their employees to fly on free tickets in jeans. Wow. That's interesting, isn't it? You know, I kind of missed the era, but there was a time when people used to get dressed up to get on planes. It was like an event. I remember that vaguely as a child. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of missed that. If flying has certainly changed a lot in my time, and I do everything I can to avoid flying. I mean, I'd, I'd rather spend $6,000 in fuel on my coach for the last trip I took than fly. Me trying to fly on a trip like that would have just been insane anyway. So uh, I'm trying to avoid it, but I, I might have to do it. So we will see. Speaking of these kinds of problems, supply chain issues, service, it's just it's getting awful every day it seems like i'm dealing with some new problem in our economy have you have you ever heard of peter zehan i haven't so i want you to go read this book i'd really really love to get your opinion on this i'm asking everybody to go read this book um i read a lot i always have it's pretty unusual for me to really kind of react this strongly to a book but i'll give you the the basics it's really one of the more interesting books i've read in a long time now the thing about it it could all be bullshit i i'd love other people to read it i want to get as many opinions as i can i'm going to give you the big picture and then we can kind of dive into the details of this thing so this is like the third book he's written on this topic maybe even fourth i think the first one he wrote back in 2014 i'm going to go back and read the other books i haven't read them i read his most recent book which he really just released in june of this year i think it's really really current and i mean he's talking about the russian ukraine war and what's going on so the the most recent book is the one i read and the title of the book is called the end of the world is just the beginning and even if it all turns out to be wrong he makes a lot of crazy assumptions about how our world is about to dramatically change i i don't doubt that our world's about to dramatically change i i think we are in the middle of some sort of major disruption change something we've actually been talking about it for about four or five years so i don't doubt the premise that something is going to change in in kind of our world order world economy whatever there's all kinds of conspiracy theories his theory really isn't a conspiracy theory at all he really uses historical data to try to predict what's coming and he does a really good job of keeping politics out of it completely 
He doesn't blame the Republicans or the Democrats or Obama or Bush or he he really just talks about how our world economy came to exist and why he believes it's going to change pretty dramatically. Here's here's his premise that we didn't have much global trade until after World War II. And I, I guess I never thought about that. I, you know, we didn't learn any of this stuff in school in history. But basically, after World War II, the U.S. was the only country in the world that had much of a navy left. And because we had a pretty robust navy, we became the shipping police for the whole world. One of the reasons you didn't ship a lot was somebody might just steal your ship. We didn't have, you know, laws and, you know, these maritime rules and there were pirates and it was pretty dangerous to just try to send stuff around the world. You lost control of it. And from his book, he claims that the U.S. became the the naval police for the whole world. And we basically ensured everybody, if you want to send your stuff around the world on boats, we'll protect it. And I guess that's what we've been doing since World War II. Now, most of what he claims is going to drive this change that's coming is the fact that most countries in the world, um, and certainly all of the developed countries in the world, um, just aren't making enough babies anymore. It's kind of weird. We've always been told that right. overpopulation is going to be our problem. And this guy's claiming our all of our major economies are about to crash because we won't have enough workers. Yeah. We've got a, a real shortage, I think, in a lot of and the workers we have don't want to work. <laughs> yeah, well, there's another right. issue, right? It, there is a generational difference. And they, the, this new generation, not so much the millennials, but Gen X and some of the, the younger, they're not, they don't have that mindset that they want to go to work for some big corporation and, you know, have a 50 year career. And they're more into lifestyle than committing to a company. Now, you could say it's good or bad, doesn't really matter. It's just, it is what it is. That, that's their mindset. They're not going to go work 100 hour weeks like a lot of baby movers did their whole life. That, that was just kind of our mindset. We went to work and you worked hard and, yeah. um, that's changing. So what he's saying is, and, and this is going, it's starting to occur right now. And, and what he said was COVID kind of accelerated everything, that this was coming anyway. Yeah. But everything we did with COVID, more people dying, whether they died from COVID or not, um, people did die from the vaccine. I still want to do a whole show on that because there's some pretty interesting stuff out. Um, we lost people and then we locked things down and we've totally screwed up our supply chain and his premises were we're probably not ever going to go back to a normal supply chain that this is occurring right now and we'll probably deal with it for the next two decades and what his claim is the we are going to start de-globalizing not the other way around. We're not moving towards a one world economy. 
He thinks we're moving the other way. We're moving back to where countries are going to have to try to survive on their own resources. The good news is that it's incredible the way he lays it out in this book. If you looked around the planet and tried to figure out the best place to live if you had to live on your own resources and couldn't trade with other countries, guess where it is? Where's that, Oregon? Well, the United (laughs) States. The United States. As a country, we will fare better than any country in the world. If, if, if this truly happens and our global supply chain kind of breaks apart and we're not shipping all this stuff all over the world anymore, the absolute best place to be on the planet is the United States. We have every advantage you could ask for. Well, it's true. We, we have a good natural resource. The challenge will be uh, those living in the city versus living in uh, yeah. more rural yep. settings, I think. That, that's, yeah. a, that's a good point, and he covers that. And, uh, you know, a lot of it will also depend on our politics, too, though. Right now, <coughs> one of the reasons we have a huge advantage is there really are three things you need to be kind of self-sufficient, and it's energy, food, and water, and we have huge advantages. We have more energy than anybody on the planet, energy that we can recover, shale oil. We have the most fertile farmland and more of it than any other country in the world, and we have tons of water resources. So, plus, we have minerals. Um, we'll probably create a even stronger trading block with, um, uh, with Mexico and Canada. You, the countries will trade if they have borders we're just not going to be shipping stuff on the oceans very much is his premise so and wow. when you read the book he's he's so persuasive i think i mean it as i was reading the book my mindset is like whoa this is going to happen he makes it seem so logical using and if nothing else i learned a ton about our worldwide supply chain. One, how complicated it is. Two, how specialized it is. Um, certain countries do very specific things, and that's just kind of the way it works. But when you're reading it, my mindset was, wow, this is what's going to happen. Well, then after I got done and I had a chance to think about it, then you start thinking, well, wait a minute. There's an awful lot of variables in this. He's making an awful lot of assumptions about what's going to happen. So it could all be bullshit. None of this might ever happen. But boy, was it an interesting read. Well, that sounds like a good one. It's really, uh, it's the, the whole supply chain is pretty troubling. Speaking of that, 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 uh, law in california go through it sounded like it was being implemented yeah it is because the uh, the supreme court decided not to hear the case so it fell back to the ninth circuit which upheld the law so that law is going into effect i think it's this week i can't even imagine what that's going to do you know i i think what's going to happen in the beginning is some companies will probably be very conservative and their legal departments will force them to just get rid of their owner operators. But I, I think there's a lot of people that just aren't going to comply in the beginning. I think a lot of people are just going to keep doing what they're doing. Yeah. 
And then we'll just have to see if uh, if California really wants to push this and take people to court. And but I, I'm I'm pretty sure that on that day, not every owner operator is just going to quit hauling for another trucking company. I'm sure a lot of people are just going to go on doing what they're doing. Well, it's a it's a difficult situation. I sure hope it doesn't shut down the the ports. But and I guess I haven't heard anything more about the longshoremen conversations. Have you heard anything on that uh, labor situation? Well, not the labor specifically, but I did hear. I saw statistics. Somebody said there's still forty billion dollars worth of goods sitting off the west coast on container ships. Wow. Yeah, that that's yeah. that's the kind of stuff we're dealing with now. The good news, again, for us, I mean, going back to this book, if his premise is even close to being true, a lot of the world is going to struggle a lot with with starvation and and you know famines and and all kinds of problems. Uh, the U.S. won't be one of them. We're going to go through a shakeup. Things will change a lot, but the the news does not look that bad for us. And what we're already seeing. So again, we're our our worldwide system, our supply chain is kind of breaking down and failing, whether we don't have enough people or something is changing. But what I just saw last night, I read an article about um, a new startup here in the U.S. to make chips. And the only reason they're doing it is because we can't source them from anywhere else in the world right now. So it looks like manufacturing is actually going to come back to, to the U.S. because of this. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> me too. I, me too. I, I mean, this. I hope we. Yeah, worldwide, this sounds horrendous. Really does. I mean, I. I but again, he he lays it out so logically, and he and he really, really, it does a great job of explaining um, our our global supply chain. You know, there are some vehicles that, in order to put that vehicle together, there are. 30 countries involved. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Totally. Yeah. It, it, what we've done is, is we've create with all this kind of, you know, protected shipping all over the world and the disparity between countries, like, you know, in the, the first world countries, people now, my God, it seems like we blew right past that whole $15 an hour thing. It seems like $20 an hour is like minimum these days. And on the other hand, we have third world countries where people don't make that much in a day. And because of that disparity, we've able been able to take advantage of that. It seems really complicated to ship this stuff all over the place. But labor is almost always the single biggest cost in a product. And when you can cut the labor cost that dramatically, then the shipping costs become minimal. And that's how we ended up with this crazy complicated global supply chain but it sounds like we're just going to run out of people to make it work correctly well it's a, it is a big problem and it's a problem because i mean you see it everywhere around us with uh restaurants and i mean i in our local our supermarkets 
It looks like the kids are in uh, seventh grade that are working uh, the sex dance. I I know. It's absolutely great. We have a in our in our area. There's a really nice family, and they have a twelve year old son who's about you know four foot nothing uh, tall, and he, he's like on a stool in a <laughs> normal grocery store checking out. It's like, and then, you know, they talk about how, how bright he is and capable. And I thought, and then I go into a major supermarket chain and it looks, it looks like the people who used to be in the back stocking the groceries are now all up front. Um, and not to get disparaged about appearance and, uh, the way they keep themselves and everything else. But that's, that's what we're looking at. I mean, it used to be that you had, you know, pretty, pretty, Good middle America sorts uh, taking care of all that, and now it's kind of relegated down to uh, probably a lot of the people who are just trying to support some of their drug habits by coming in and working at the grocery store. It's it's really uh, interesting what's going on. It really is. You know, it is. And why why can't our government? just kind of look at what's happening and figure out that there's a way we could make a dent and an impact on two of our current problems in a positive way. Clearly, we need more workers. So what we've always done in this country, we import them. We're the melting pot. That's what we do. That's one of the reasons why we're so successful. We should still be doing that. We should be encouraging lots and lots of legal immigration. We should really revamp yeah. all of our immigration laws, shut down the southern border because we have no southern border right now. And we should create a really, really strong immigration plan. And we should start bringing in a lot of people, but we need to vet them. You can't just let them walk across the southern border like they're doing right now. Absolutely. No, it's true. We need, we need good. I mean, I've, I've had friends who've had very successful businesses. Uh, one of them, uh, over there in, in Eastern Oregon and, and, and they had a lot of, uh, immigrants and a lot of documented and probably a certain number of undocumented. And, and the reality is those, those people were hard workers sending the money home. Uh, but this idea of just opening up the southern border to anyone who wanders across is really uh, troubling. And yes, we do. I mean, I'm looking right now. I've got uh, some landscapers here, and it's a, it's a crew of, of immigrants. And I, I'm not sure if they're legal or illegal, but, you know, there's just not that many people, unfortunately, American Americans who are willing to work. And uh, it's hard work to be outside all day. And doing things. I, I drive by our state road project and I see a lot of uh, uh, Caucasian workers, like eight people standing around watching one person with a shovel. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, that's... I, I don't, you know, and again, I, I'm not digging a ditch. I mean, you know, I'm not, I, I drove a produce truck as one of my first jobs and I, you know, sold uh, bicycles and put them together things like that. So, you know, I, I had some experience, but that's why I was motivated to do something different. Uh, it, well, you know, uh, you, but there's, it's hard to find that. 
Uh, yeah, look at the history of our country, really. We're not that old. So our, our history is pretty short, and we know what it is. We, we had wave after wave of immigrants from different countries. And, and when we first got here, almost all of us took the most menial, low-paying jobs as, as a group. And then over time, you advance. You know, each generation, maybe the first generation gets here and works really hard and saves a little bit of money and sends the second generation to college. It, that, that's a good system and a good transition. We should just get back to that. We need people. Let's import them. But there has to be a system and some control, not this crazy free-for-all we're seeing on the southern border. And obviously, if we're just letting hundreds of thousands of people in every month, which we are, hundreds of thousands, there are no mandates for them. They're not required to get vaccinated. Why are we still kicking people out of the military that won't get vaccinated and we're letting all kinds of people come into our country without being vaccinated? How does this make any sense? Totally inconsistent, uh, and that's actually why we've got such a problem, I think, with our air travel is between the workers and the pilots and everything else. I think we have, have probably an underlying epidemic that we're not being told what's going on. Yeah, why... I don't believe that most people know that the military is still doing this. I I, I watched a story the other night, and I, I just... I. I watched this guy and I thought this guy has some serious morals and he's standing up for them and it's a shame what he's going through 19 years in the military 19 years he has a special needs child and they are putting him out of the military right now because he won't get vaccinated 19 years and he says, I'm not doing it. I, I will not take that vaccine. They'll, they'll, they'll put me out. I'll give up my retirement. I'll give up whatever I have to give up. I'm not taking the shot. But the military is still doing that. You know, Kevin, I spent the last number of years uh, been involved with <clears throat> Cardio Miracle and the nitric oxide supplementation. I've called a lot of people, a lot of veterans, and the stories. I hear from our veterans are appalling. You know, all of the veterans, every military person was forced to get the anthrax vaccination because of fear that Saddam Hussein was going to, you know, let loose with a biological weapon. Well, the deaths and the disabilities and the neurological diseases from that inoculation are staggering. And then the same thing happened with uh, desert fever um, in Desert Storm, they did the same thing. It's like our our best and our brightest are are guinea pigs for these pharmaceutical um, witch hunts, so to speak, or pharmaceutical days, profit centers. And I am dealing with people all the time who are taking our product in an effort to help rebuild the immune systems that have been destroyed by um, these uh, inoculations that have been mandated multiple times on the military first, and then they continue to do it. And, you know, it isn't being reported the number of elite forces, special ops, whatever, that are leaving because they've observed 
these trends over the last 30, 40 years in our uh, armed services. And, you know, what? when, you, when you're concerned for your health and well-being for the rest of your life, uh, there's a serious concern to take unproven, untested gene therapies uh, disguised as medically prudent uh, items. Absolutely. And then let's throw in something else about that that's really important. And I wish I could find a good, accurate number for this. I really can't. How many military personnel have died from COVID? I think the risk factor is really, really low. I think it is very low. I think those those that have, um, I'm sure uh, there was other comorbidities or things that happened. But of course they were low. The the general uh, is low and the some statistics that are out there that are coming out that the uh, insurance companies, 40% increase in mortality, I believe from age 25 to 50 on group insurance, which is, you know, essentially mandated uh, under, you know, it's, it's simplified underwriting. Everyone qualifies up 40% in 2021 from the previous five years, uh, at their highest level. So what happened in 2021? The mandated um, gene therapy as opposed to the previous years, but up 40% from the group. They said that Lincoln, Lincoln national, one of the top insurers in the country, they had a billion dollars in unexpected mortality claims in 2021. Oh boy. Yeah. You know, the, when we one of the statistics we know from the military, um, the military is is processing people out who won't get vaccinations. Now here's a 19 year veteran, very skilled, and what we're doing instead, we're going to force him out of the military because he won't take the shot. The army right now is only at 40 percent of its recruiting goal. That's how down we are on recruiting from the Army. They are looking at recruiting foreign nationals and not even requiring a GED anymore. Pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's scary. Over a vaccine that nobody will really talk about the real statistics. Um You know, we could think about all kinds of big conspiracy theories, but it's also possible that this is nothing more than just a money grab, that there's no other conspiracy here. This is just a way that these pharmaceutical companies, especially Pfizer, are just making incredible amounts of money. Yeah. Well, it does seem, doesn't give you a lot of confidence that they, they were fighting to release information 75 years from now. John, are you moving? You're really starting to break up a lot. Oh, I'm sorry. You're there, but you're really breaking up. Move back to the start. Avoid some of the ancillary. 
Yeah, I think you're coming back now. Yeah, I've got, unfortunately, I didn't realize that I was going to have centures, backhoes, and everything else all at the same time. (laughs) Actually, uh, your your sound on our end is good. I mean, I can hear you're pretty clean, and I'm not hearing any background. This is what happened to me was that, uh, you know, I got a a window of a guy who's done some work for me before. So I've got an opening for a couple of weeks for my landscaping crew, and I said, Bring them up. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like if you can get a plumber, if you can get a handyman, if you can get anything, you take it when you when you get the chance because, my goodness, it takes forever to get uh, any kind of help. Anything. In, uh, the service a- industry. A- anything. Exactly. Yeah. And if you live outside of the city in a rural setting like myself, it's 10 times worse. You can't get anybody out here. I know. That's that's me. The other day, we had uh, somebody come to look at our freezer, had a little bit of a problem. $300 for the service call. $300. <laughs> and we were less than 30 minutes away from where they were. But they charged. I think all they do is do service charges, give out major bid, and then go on to the next service call and make it $2,000 a day off service calls. <laughs> I, I'll tell, tell you something even worse. I, I love to cook, so I have fairly high-end appliances. My whole kitchen's almost all wolf. Um, and I have a wolf induction cooktop, and my biggest burner just quit working. So I started calling around and couldn't find anybody and spent a couple weeks on it. And people would say, we'll be out there. Then they'd never show up. Finally, I called Wolf directly, the factory. And I'm like, can you guys help me with this? Um, It took them two months. And they finally convinced somebody to come out and look at it. And unfortunately, after all that time, they came out and looked at it, and it's not fixable. They don't make that part anymore. And the replacement for the unit I have just isn't available. And so my option is try to put something else in, but this is in a granite countertop. So if I don't fit the opening, what, you know, I can't get a bigger one. There isn't anything any bigger, a smaller one. I don't know how I'm going to make that work unless I replace the whole countertop. And this is a really big island with a big granite countertop. So I'm kind of screwed. I just have a high-end cooktop where my biggest burner just doesn't work at all. It's funny you say that because with our refrigerator, when we got the bed, he says, well, we'll have to rebuild it. It'll be $4,000. Build it. <laughs> and I said, well, I can go buy a full, you know, a, a brand new Samsung or, or LG at, How at Home Depot for $3,500. I was going to say, you can almost said, used well, to be able to get a Sub-Zero for that. I know. Well, the, the new build-in replacement for my building kitchen aid that's 20 years old is $14,000. Oh, <laughs> for a KitchenAid? Are you kidding me? For, oh. for a build-in KitchenAid. And wow. I, said, I said, my wife, I said, well, why can't we just put the Samsung in there? She says, and have two inches uh, around the building right. cabinetry. And I said, yeah, I know. No, I mean, it's a, it's a <laughs> I guess, I guess there's. I guess it's, I shouldn't complain because most people are having trouble putting food in this. Uh, no, I, I, yeah, I, I, I get it. You're right. And, and, you know, but, I mean, all of us are dealing with something, and that's a bad sign. 
I mean, that's really why we talk about this. I'm not, you know, I'm not coming on and complaining that, you know, my cooktop has really, you know, affected my life. It's not that big of a deal in the big scheme of things, but it tells us something. Never before in my lifetime have I ever dealt with stuff like this. That's right. And you're not able to get workers within days to products. I mean, until they, they started unloading some of the overloads from Long Beach, you know, furniture, upholstered furniture, appliances were 12 months out. Now, somebody said that they, you know, the reason they have all this, of the appliances at Home Depot and uh, all of, and Costco and others is that they finally unloaded what they had, and now they're canceling uh, yeah. fourth quarter orders. Right. So, yeah, that's how fast things are changing. Um, and then one more thing, and then we're going to go to some calls because we have some calls. Um, with all this going on, shortages, inflation, crazy high energy prices, when the Biden administration announced that they were going to start taking a million barrels a day out of the strategic reserve because that was going to fix the problem, Um I did an open that's ignorant. That's like thinking that taking cash advances off your credit card is increasing your income. What a stupid approach to this. That does, it it makes the problem worse and puts us in a, a more vulnerable position. Our strategic reserves are now another record here. We're at the lowest level in like 40 years, I think. And then that's bad enough. I mean, that infuriates me that we're doing that. But then I find out that million barrels didn't stay here. We're shipping it to other countries, including possibly China. To the Chinese. Yeah. There are five million barrels. What the hell is going on? Well, we have a totally incompetent or evil administration is trying to destroy our country and now 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 no absolutely on the day it was reported so our our new white house spokesperson kareen jean-pierre inflation how many more times do we have to hear this word how many times do we have to hear this is the number one problem for people around the kitchen table, inflation, fuel prices, this is it. It's the whole game. It's everything. And on the day this was reported, her answer was, whether or not this was happening, her answer was, I'm not sure I'll have to look into that. How could you not know? The single most important issue we're dealing with right now, you know you're going to be asked these questions. How can you show up for that press briefing and not know the answer to that? Well, the the whole communication from the White House in the last 18 months has been horrific because they don't have anything they can say because everything they're doing is, is wrong and not working. Everything. I know. I, I wish we, we might as well just stop the press briefings because they're a joke. Uh, all right. Um, uh, let's, let's take a call. So I can, yeah, let's take a call so I can calm down here a little bit. Let's go to Arizona. Uh, Tim, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Hey, John. How are you guys today? Um, I got a question about cardio. Yeah. Cardio Miracle. I'm over the road for five days at a time, and I've been 
making it up in uh, bottles of water ahead of time to bring with me. Does that do any damage to it, break it down or anything, being in that water for five days? Thanks for, for asking. Uh, actually, Tim, it's probably best uh, 48 hours or less uh, to maintain its maximum efficiency. What you're going to want to do is order some of the single-serve packets so that you can uh, put them in the water bottles as you go uh, as opposed to carrying a canister uh, with you. Or A lot of people actually put, um, uh, if they don't have the single-serve packs, they put it in you know, a baggie or a Ziploc, put some powder in, and then dispense it as needed. But no problem for a day or two days. And it still has its efficacy, but because it's a powder, uh, the maximum benefit of, of the product is generally to be consumed at once it meets uh, the liquid is uh, 48 hours is, is best. Okay. Okay. So I'll start changing that thanks, up a little bit. Thanks. So yeah, thanks for uh, trying it. How how have you felt uh, since you started on it? Well, I, yeah, I was going to give you a little rhetorical here. Uh, so I've been taking it. I uh, tested positive for COVID, and I was over it in three days. Uh, my wife, not taking it, double vaxxed. She was down for a week and a half. So, uh, I mean, I, I recovered crazy quick, uh, even kept working actually I'm driving out here alone anyway so but um great. yeah no vaccine on me well that's a great report and, and and frankly Tim we hear people and we actually now have a scientific study that's going to be coming out shortly that talks about the impact on all of the aspects of, of whatever this pathogen is um, because it, it, it is not actually a virus, it's something else. Um, but we're seeing results similar to what you've said about uh, people's symptoms being uh, less, uh, recovering faster, and in many cases avoiding um, any of the major problems anyway. So yeah. we're seeing great results from people because when you increase nitric oxide, and you get absorbable vitamin D3 at the highest levels, you're going to see a tremendous benefit as far as uh, avoiding um, the problems that many people are having with the yeah. different disease issues and, and the complications. You know, it's not even that much of a stretch yeah, to, under to understand why. Um, we know that this virus, we don't know what else to call it, is odd, whether it was manufactured or whatever. It acts very different than almost everything we've ever dealt with. But just set that aside because we don't really understand it yet. The problems that are caused in the body have everything to do with inflammation and the cytokine storm. And when you look at all the ingredients in Cardio Miracle and how many of them address the inflammation pathways and the cytokine storm, it, it's not surprising that this really uh, kind of downregulates all the symptoms. Yeah, and I've had uh, other results too. Uh, I've been doing, like we talked about, one at night, and it has been helping with my sleep too. Uh, Good. Sleeping a lot better. Good. Good. Before I go hey, Kevin, you got time for a quick uh, fermenting question? Sure. Go ahead. 
Um, you get different types of uh, probiotics from different vegetables, or is it all pretty much the same? Is there one vegetable that would be better to ferment than others? If there is, we don't know it, and it'd be too hard to figure out. So here's really what we're doing when we're fermenting. On the surface of that vegetable, it's also why you won't see, you know, tutorials about fermenting where you really kind of clean and scrub the vegetables. You don't do that. We, we want the natural bacteria that's on the surface of these plants. Now, what is the natural bacteria? Hell, I don't know. Um, we could have two plants right next to each other and they might have different bacteria for all I know. When you start talking about different food coming from different places, um, the mix of bacteria could be all over the board. All we're really trying to do is take whatever bacteria is in there and multiply it. Um, so I, I, I've never read anything that says one vegetable is any better than another with it, maybe one exception. And, and I do try to use um, both um, garlic and um, well, there's a couple other things I put in to add prebiotics. So there are some vegetables that have more prebiotics than others. Um, asparagus has a ton of prebiotic in it. Um, garlic has some. What that means is that, that that vegetable has more food that the bacteria will consume. So we could say that, yeah, maybe with those vegetables, you end up getting more bacteria. But it's really hard to say. We would have to test every batch to know. It's kind of like the old yogurt thing. You know, how potent is our yogurt? I don't know. We'd have to test every batch. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I don't know if you got Oh, go ahead, Tim. No, but, uh, I was just going to say, I throw some garlic in everything I do. Yeah. So. Uh, I get a little bit of garlic everywhere. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I think, you know, we're getting some of those prebiotic fibers from the garlic. So, um, yeah, we, we never really know for sure what bacteria we're cultivating. What were you going to say there, John? Yeah, my, my thought was um, it seems like there's a tremendous benefit. It, it, garlic seems to be the top of the list. I think uh, uh, onions and uh, cabbage and beets all from, uh, you know, you think of sauerkraut and the effectiveness of sauerkraut uh, as a part of the diet and helping with that. Uh, those, those items are ones that come to mind to me that probably have the most effectiveness. Yeah, and, and we know that yeah, we've been vegetables have good compounds, but they also have some negative compounds, anti-nutrients, phytates, oxalates, and the fermentation process minimizes a lot of those anti-nutrients. Yeah, I've been doing a red beet, or red cabbage and beet slaw that's turning Ooh, out that's really a, good. That's a good one. That, that's, uh, that's good yeah. good food for your uh, liver and pancreas there. Yeah. yeah, and it tastes good. There you go. <laughs> there, you, there you go. <laughs> That's good. Taste, taste is important. Tim, thanks for uh, your feedback on the cardio marathon. You know, one of the things that you may be finding also is that if you take it in um, 
like in the afternoon or towards the end of the shift, it really does give you that additional clarity. It's kind of like, it, it's like a caffeine spike, but without the crash. And uh, I know that when I'm kind of dragging a little bit, I, I take a, a scoop or two myself and I've been able to, you know, drive an extra four hours or whatever without even uh, missing a beat and uh, not have the drowsiness. But then it's ironic, but it does, uh, most people report uh, deeper, more sound sleep. So there's a great combination there of greater clarity when you need it and being awake and alert and then uh, having uh, the ability to sleep more deeply and recover during the night. Yeah, my routine is my bulletproof coffee in the morning and then my cardio miracle, and um, that keeps gets me through the whole day. I'm down to eating one meal a day. and uh, Isn't that uh, awesome? So between those two things, it's a bone broth. Yeah, that, it is. That, it's, that, uh, you know, that's pretty much I, my routine, too. You know, the, the NDK coffee in the morning, my big meal in the middle of the day, and, you know, Two things, a cardio miracle, one when I'm out in the garden, one before bed. Uh, it's pretty incredible. It is. It uh, frees up a lot more time that's if you're not thinking about right. eating all the time, you know? That's right. And frees up the, the brain cells trying to decide what to eat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why we have more mental right, clarity. Guys, We're not thinking about food all the time. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. I appreciate you guys' time today, and uh, I'm going to keep listening Thanks here. And, uh, uh-huh. You guys have a good one. All right. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Wisconsin this time. Brandy, welcome to the program. Thank you, Kevin. So I'm uh, listening to the audio book that you've recommended. I'm not all the way through it. And what you said is a really good summary of kind of where I'm at. But one of the things, and I'm going to say I I haven't listened to it, so I don't even know if he's even going to mention it. But, um, I mean, that all sounds all well and good, but it's like we live in a world that's very dangerous. And I was kind of what I was telling Angie. I listened to Amir Safari's uh daily reports. They're just like tweets, except um, he lives in Israel. And uh, he's saying that Iran is very close to having their first nuclear weapon. And this coming Friday, uh, Putin is going to meet with the, the leader of Iran. I just kind of thinking that at some point, as, as they have always said, death to America and death to Israel, uh, we are going to come under their threat because they're going to have the bomb. And I just kind of wondered, that didn't seem to be mentioned in that book. I, I know we have all the great things about our country, but um, well, what about well, that? Well, he does kind of mention this in the book somewhat in that that is another huge advantage that the United States has is how easily we are able to defend ourselves from any kind of a takeover. And most parts of the world can't say that. When you think about our, our geography... Um, 
you're really you it's very very difficult to attack the U- u.s and virtually impossible to ever occupy the u.s uh brandy i'm gonna i'm gonna put you uh, i'm just gonna mute you for a second as i'm getting a lot of wind noise from you you're still on with me uh and i'll bring you back here in a second but i was getting a lot of background noise so he does kind of address this and Sure, I don't want to see Iran have nuclear capabilities, but in reality, it's not that big of a deal for us. That That's not a game changer. Maybe they'll have a nuclear weapon. Maybe they could launch it and get it to the U.S., but they're not going to do that. They won't have the number of them to be able to do anything. They drop one, and then we wipe them off the face of the earth. So it, we don't have to worry about those kind of things. Does Israel have to worry about Iran having nuclear weapons? Absolutely. Do other countries in the, the Middle East? Yes. Not us. They, they, they really, sure, they could drop a bomb. They're going to kill some people. They're not going to have any big impact on our country. We're almost impossible to take over and occupy. You're not going to come through Canada and do it. Um, trying to come up through Mexico is next to impossible with the deserts and the mountains. And we have, we're one of the few countries in the world that has a coast on both of the major oceans. We, we, and, and there are no navies in the world other than maybe Japan that could have any real impact if they tried to attack us with a navy. Um, the Chinese, when we talk about how big their navy is, it, it's big numbers wise, but they really can't leave Southeast Asia. They, they don't have ships and, and vessels capable of, of operating much more than 500 miles away. They, they can't go thousands of miles to come and attack us. So we, he, he does sort of address it in that, yes, the world is getting a more de- to become a more dangerous place, but we're as protected as you could possibly be. And you're back uh, now, by the way. So I was listening on Friday. Uh, yeah, I heard the beep. Okay. Um, I was listening on Friday, and I know you said all that as well. Um, it, I Like I said, I haven't finished uh, listening to it, so I will, and uh, I will get you where you're at. Um, another thing I'll just sideways, or uh, those books to arrived to, to you today, uh, checking the tracking numbers says it would be there. Uh, the Great Awakening, Great Reset, as well as those plant books. Okay. And if Thank you need you. a little uh, away from, oh, you're welcome, away from all of this, uh, Jim Brewer did a comedy special called um, something about you should say that or something that uh, I can't remember, but it's free. It's on YouTube and it's, it's makes a lot of comedy of our society today of common sense and it's just super funny and it's definitely de-stressing good good and it went viral i'll check that out i i I wasn't i wasn't sure if comedy was still legal in this country or not well he he could be he could have been banned and pulled right off against him for everything he said but this has got so popular that Oh, good. You will you will understand why it's so popular because he makes fun of the airlines, he makes good. fun of the COVID yeah. and Fauci and everything. We, we, it's we, everything, and it's all relevant right today. And we need that. We need to get back to making fun of ourselves when we do stupid stuff. I agree. 
Yeah. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kevin. All right. Thanks for the call. Let's uh, let's grab a call in Texas this time. Jim, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for taking the call, Kevin. I had a question about the cardio miracle formulation. Does it have strawberry or strawberry flavoring in it? Uh, no, it, it, does, it, it does not. It has uh, blueberries and some raspberries. It has um, acerola cherry. But uh, uh, I, unless I totally lost my mind, I, there's no strawberries. Do you have an allergy there or something? My, my wife is extremely allergic to strawberries. 20 years ago, all of us, she became allergic to strawberries. So I haven't been able to get her to, to try it because I couldn't find that it said no strawberries. And I wanted to go to well, the source and ask. Well, thank you. Uh, if you look at the label, if there's no reference to it, then there would not be any kind of uh, strawberry that I'm aware of. But what you want to do, just to be safe, is you could start with like a fourth of a serving and 16 ounces of water and uh, uh-huh. make sure that make sure she tolerates it without any kind of reaction if she has some serious problem with that. Yeah, okay, yeah, because... For years, when we were first married, we went through strawberries like crazy, and, and then all at once she figured out she's allergic to strawberries, and we don't even bring them into the house anymore. So that's how wow. sensitive she is to them. So I just, you know, yeah. I, that was my big concern because we have both. And then we find out the last week that my wife only has one kidney, and she grew up that way. She was uh, born two and a half months early, and Wow. Only got one kidney. Hmm. Do you know what her uh, do you know what her GFR is or kidney function by chance? Uh, no, not right off the top of my head. No, I know they you know started doing that sonogram. They couldn't find it, so they did a CT scan, and she only got one, and she's sixty five years old. Well, uh, it would be so. really really helpful to her if if uh, if she can tolerate it. The, Cardio Miracle has a tremendous impact on on kidney function, and if you only have okay. one, you want to make sure it's at its maximum. Okay, I will uh, work that over and, and get her to try it. And uh, since I've gone to the source and know exactly that there's no strawberries in there, we'll uh, we'll try to get it started, get her started on it, and. Uh, help her with that. I know that'll help her and then we're working on changing our diet. So, uh, yeah, so that's, Good luck. That's, that's what I needed yep. to know. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Happy. Thanks for the call. You're welcome. Thank Thanks you. for the call. Let's go to Ohio. Rob, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. How you doing? Doing good. What's on your mind today? Well, I am 47. I'm 5'8". I weigh 148. I've never, ever had a problem with my weight. Um, but I'm a landscaper, and I never stop. All day long, running uh, until almost dark. And it's starting to catch up to me now. I don't know if it's my age or what. No, that, I, that, 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 I'm let me, strongest. I, with, with one question, I can answer that for you. Yes. Okay. I can tell you exactly what's happening if you answer this one question. Okay. Tell me about your diet. Uh, 
uh, it's good. It's uh, it would be dirty keto, but uh, I, I've always ate good for as long as I can remember. So, um, so your whole so, li- hold on, because that that would be very very not un- my whole life. Well, even a good part of it, you've been completely grain free. Uh, for the last probably three years, grain okay. free. Okay, good. Uh, okay. And before that, it would have been minimum grain. Okay, good. So, yeah. it, what you're doing clearly, although it's really healthy, to be that active, I think, is just one of the better ways to live. Landscaping. Um, in a lot of ways, mimics what our hunter-gatherer ancestors were doing all day long. You're outside. I think that there there are actually more benefits to this than anything else. Um, could that much physical labor wear on you after a while? Yeah. And I'll tell you what you need to do so that it doesn't wear on you. You've done half. You've eliminated a lot of the things out of the diet that would cause you more problems. The second half of that is getting all the nutrition you need into the diet so that you don't have these issues. We really shouldn't age the way we think and we've been convinced that we age. That, oh, you're going to lose muscle. You're going to get weaker. That's absolutely not true. You don't have to lose muscle, get weaker. None of those things have to happen. There are 80-year-olds that are vibrant and incredibly strong. And, and we all have that ability. Um, what I think you're probably missing out of the diet are the, the deep nutrients we need. So rather than dirty okay. keto, we would want to start adding more nutrition in, eat more good quality eggs, get more seafood, good quality seafood, get more organ meats. If you're not going to get those real foods in your diet, then we need to supplement more. So you would want to take the ancestral supplements that are the uh, desiccated organ meats. The Cardio Miracle is an awesome daily. Okay. Which one? The the, the liver, uh, ancestral supplements. um, Good. I believe it was that first one you just said there. I started that and the fish eggs. uh, Excellent. Maybe 20 days ago. Excellent. Okay. Those are going to help. Um, And if you haven't, I would add Cardio Miracle in as a daily. I've been taking that for about four months. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I I think that you're going to find that you will age way better than the people around you. Um, One suggestion, Kevin, might be that if you're outside and working, uh, because you're exerting at a high level, you may want to take uh, Cardio Miracle as a little bit of a stamina boost. I'm, I'm seeing from athletes and people who are at high stress, high exertion uh, occupations that adding a, an, an early afternoon uh, additional serving really serves them well to be able to maintain levels of productivity until you know five or six o'clock okay gotcha well I'll, i i do normally take one in the morning uh, uh and then i take another uh, glass of cardio miracle later like at 6 30 or 7 but i i could start taking one around noon and see what that does so i think um, it will help uh, it will help if you're 
if you're out there slugging it out in the hot sun and uh, trying to hydrate, it, it actually helps your hydration be even more effective. So just, just put it in your water bottle and uh, hydrate with it during the, the heat of the day, and I think you'll see I think you'll see tremendous improvement. I really do. Okay. Now, I will try that. Um, one other thing I should have mentioned was, um, as a baby, I had to drink goat's milk. I had some kind of malfunction and colic and whatnot, but the only thing it was was goat's milk. So, for years growing up, I always kind of had stomach issues, and it kind of got worse maybe about 10 years ago. Well, we happened to be in Mexico sitting around the pool bullshitting with a bunch of people and how stomach issues came up, I don't know, but there was a nutritionist there. She right away told me, you probably got low stomach acid. Get some HCL with pepsin. Well, I got home, I researched it, and I'm not kidding you, within just a handful of pills in a few days, all my stomach aching problems and whatnot were gone. I, I so believe it. I'm guessing... Yeah, I, I just couldn't believe that all those years, and I never even really told a doctor about it because it was not something that was so right. bad right. that I, I was crying. It was just uncomfortable. Um, so I, I, what my point is, is is there somehow that maybe I'm not digesting all my nutrients real well? Yes. Uh, I mean, I don't have... Okay. Yeah, that that's what in low stomach acid is rampant in our society. Um, the grains have an impact on this and poor nutrition. If we don't have the proper nutrients, we can't build the stomach acid in the first place. Then we eat a bunch of grains, okay. which, you know, exacerbate the problem. Um, so I'm not surprised. This is a very, very common thing with most Americans by the time they hit 40 have weak stomach acid. And when we strengthen okay. it, a lot of things get better. Gotcha. Okay. So, well, I will just... Uh and keep on doing what I'm doing and adding uh, another thing, a cardio miracle a day. And yeah, that's uh, how that works. There you and, go. And, if, uh, Kevin, I'm, I'm the, the pilot that uh, offered you a ride when you were here in Ohio. Oh yeah, man. I wish I could have so, taken you up on that too. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Yeah. that, that trip, just got screwy right around that time. It was when I was heading down to Louisville yeah. for the show that everything started going haywire. Yep. Yeah, well, if you make it back here, uh, the offer still stands. I'll, I'll take you for a spin. I will take you up on that as soon as I get a chance. I love flying. So, well, well, thanks, guys. I really appreciate all the help. All right. Thanks for the call. All right. Uh, John, looks like we're going to wrap this up. Any uh, words of wisdom you want to close sure. with? Well, God bless America, Kevin. And, um, you know, we had Independence Day. Uh, I, I was reading about uh, the sacrifice and the miracles of George Washington the other day. And anyone who doubts that America has been favored by deity, um, I think is mistaken. We, uh, we need to turn our hearts back to filled with gratitude. We need to stand up for our freedoms. We need to speak up and step out of the shadows and uh, declare our troops and our allegiance to freedom and our constitution. And we need to become from the silent majority need to become the 
uh, clear-speaking, freedom-loving uh, majority. So to all of those uh, great uh, listeners to you, thank you for your patriotism. Uh, I think we're winning. We're seeing a, a turn in the tide, but we've got to keep the pressure on uh, to expose the tyranny and the oppression and the illegal acts that uh, many parts of our government is, is participating in in order to preserve our country and our freedom. Very well said. Thank you for that. And it fits in perfectly with what I wanted to close with was last week, uh, or the last time we were together, I'm pretty sure I encouraged you to go look up Alex Berenson. Are you following him? I have been. Yeah, I have been. Yeah, he's excellent. He really is. Good. Did, um, uh, did you see what he just started doing yesterday? No, I've, I've had uh, a lot of crazy stuff yeah, so, the last couple of days. So he did it yesterday and, and, and today in his substack. Um, I think everybody should go read this. Now, his substack is paid, but you can read about 80% of his stuff with a free account. And even the stuff you can't, normally all he does is he might write a post today the first half will be free, and then he has what he calls a paywall, and, you know, the paid subscribers, I'm a paid subscriber, get to read the whole article. Normally, though, if he does that, it's, he'll, he'll only hold it back for two or three days, and then he releases the whole thing to everybody. So I, I prefer to pay. I really like supporting him, but you, you don't have to. You could go get a free account, and you're still going to see most of what he posts. I don't believe there's anybody anywhere that has more good data about the vaccine masks lockdowns all of these things than he does he's been on this from day one um he's done an excellent job but right now i think what he's doing is incredibly powerful and i encourage people to go read his column from yesterday and today and i believe he's going to keep this up here's what happened he just a while back he just asked people to share their stories with them about what happened during covid you know, whether it was lockdowns or masks or vaccines or whatever it was, he just wanted to hear people's stories. And he was shocked by how many responses he's gotten. And he's been posting some of them. And I'll just give you a quick example of what some of these stories are like. Um, the first day was all about um, like families being torn apart over the vaccine mandate. And the one story, and again, these are written in, these people are sending in the email. This is their story. They're telling it. So I'll just go over this one real quick. They, this couple had, the husband thought they had decided together not to get vaccinated. He was really um, strong in his belief that he was not taking this vaccine no matter what. He thought his wife felt the same way. But she really didn't. She was just kind of giving in to him. She, in her mind, really wanted to get the vaccine, and she wasn't doing it because of him. They were pregnant as well. And she calls him from work one day, and it's like 6 o'clock in the evening, and she says, I have an appointment at 6.30 to get the vaccine. 
and he tries everything he can do to talk her out of it. And she decides to go through with it. Three days later, she had a massive miscarriage and almost died from all the bleeding. Tragic, tragic stories over and over. And we're actually asking people to go to Prosecute Now, uh, the website, to be able to put those types of experiences in it for the uh, civil litigation that's going to follow the criminal litigation. Well, you'll you'll appreciate then the last two days he's he's told story after story like this, and he isn't telling it's the people telling their own stories, um, and it looks like he's going to continue sure. this for a while because he's getting a lot of this. I I think people go need to read this. This is the kind of stuff you're just not going to find anywhere else. That's great. I appreciate your uh, your ongoing recommendation of that. We will. We probably should reach out to him about prosecute now. We will. Yeah, let, let's uh, let's talk about that. Um, I, I've been thinking about reaching out to him and getting him on my show if I can. I know he's pretty busy. He's, he does a lot of the uh, the other more conservative shows as well. So for the people who maybe you didn't catch that, Alex Berenson, the place to follow him is Substack. So if you go to Substack, there's a search feature, search for Alex Berenson. Then, like I said, you can sign up for a free account or I don't remember. I think it's like 30 bucks a year or something. I don't think I paid much. Um, and I, I really want to support him. He was, before the uh, pandemic, he was a writer for the New York Times. And he really just got yeah. tired of the whole, you know, corporate media. He wasn't allowed to write what he wanted to write. He, he quit. He gave up that job and went on his own. That's why I don't mind giving him 30 bucks a year or whatever it was to support him because he's doing an amazing job as an independent journalist on this. Absolutely. You're right. We do need to support businesses and people who are trying to speak the truth because uh, they're most people are too timid to, to be uh, American patriots like uh, yourself and your wife. Kevin. Yeah, the, um, the, the mainstream media is bought and paid for by Big Pharma. Uh, you, you can just forget getting yeah. any kind of good medical info or vaccine info or any of that from the mainstream media. They are bought and paid for by Big Pharma. Big Pharma spends a gazillion dollars a year um, advertising, TV, magazines, websites, everywhere. You'll never see these negative stories about anything having to do anything with Big Pharma. So we need to support people like Alex Berenson so we can get the other side of the story, at least, and then you can make up your own mind. Uh, all right, we're going to wrap this up. John, as always, thanks, and we'll do this again next week right. we, we will see you back here for destination health tomorrow uh let me see i know lauren was sending me some messages uh looks like we're going to be talking a lot about water and hydration tomorrow uh i think that's a good fit for cardio miracle yes. it's, well, uh, we encourage your people to try a hundred percent money back guarantee and the stories and experiences people have are surprisingly wonderful, and we're delighted for the, the thousands of, uh, you know, we're, we're approaching thousands of customers or more from uh, 
from the Let's Truck family. So we're very excited about that. Awesome. It's been a, an awesome experience. Awesome. We are too. Fantastic. All right. Head over to the store, Let's Truck.com. If you don't have Cardio Miracle, grab some. Head on over to Substack. Follow Alex Berenson. Grab the book. The end of the world is just the beginning. I'd love to get more feedback from people on that one. Uh, I'm going to continue digging more into that. So we will see you back here tomorrow. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.